everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Cheeky Geeky. I am Monet. And I am Autogoo. And I'm excited about this episode. We're not going to tell you what yet. <laughs> not yet. Uh, welcome to the new podcast. Uh, this is actually the last time we're going to refer to this as a new podcast. Because uh, we've been putting out content since our trailer dropped in November. So I, I don't think it's going to be new come March. Um... <clears throat> If you are listening to the podcast for the first time, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to be first-time listeners uh, considering this episode's topic, highly, highly, highly recommend you go check out our previous content and episodes. Um, <clears throat> and without further ado, this episode is centered around Tom Hiddleston, more specifically Hiddles Month, which was started by Odegu over at Team Aeon. Oh, yes. Um, Hiddles Month came about um, mainly because I got very into Tom Hiddleston. I wanted to do videos um, that were centered around him, his characters. I saw uh, nobody really doing that, and I was like, I would enjoy this. So maybe other people will. Um, and then it turned into, we're going to enjoy Tom Hiddleston all across the place, everywhere, fan fiction, memes, you know, everything. And, and now we're here with you and me together. Yeah. And we are actually recording this on Tom Hiddleston's birthday. How fitting is that? I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to sing, Monet. <laughs> now come on tell the truth you you know you know you started hiddles month in february because of his birthday that is actually 100 <laughs> true um that is how it got uh it got selected um i was just getting into the fandom and this was for the most minus one other fandom um the big one where i started socializing um exactly that is how we met um so i wanted to give something back to the fandom who um helped me make friends that i am still friends with today um two of them went to my <laughs> wedding um one was my uh maid of honor and the other one was a bridesmaid Neither um, of them were me, by the way. Just saying. Y you know what? I didn't know you at the time. <laughs> you came late to the party, but it's okay because you were fashionably late. Yes. So, yeah, I basically saw what I felt was missing in the fandom and took it upon myself to just shove it in. Um, and we have looked for different ways to celebrate it so it isn't the same thing over and over. Um, like, <clears throat> this year we are focusing more on fan fiction than last year, which was uh, videos. And there's always memes. Who doesn't love a good meme? Last year you interviewed me. That is correct. <laughs> I is, is my like interview said, it, Is my interview going to be resurfacing this year? Since yes, there's a certain, I, since there's a certain something special that you're putting up on the fan fiction website. <laughs> yes, 
That bitch took me a year and a fucking half. A year and a fucking half. It is three books and 71 motherfucking chapters. Parental advisory. We use naughty language. <laughs> <laughs> and that fan fiction has everything in it. It has drama. It has sex. It has Taylor Swift. <laughs> We don't talk about the chapter involving her. So there's more than one chapter that involves her. I know. But I blank the rest out of my mind. I guess she's there. It also has a lot to do with mental health. And that is something that I really want to stress is that it has a lot to do with mental health and how the Tom Hiddleston fandom helped me out of a very severe depression. Writing that fan fiction kept me from committing suicide on more than one occasion. Yeah, I mean, and this is one of the things that I enjoy about the fandom. We are from all walks of life. Um, we all have our own story, we all have our own history, um, and it's helped us all in our own ways, and it, it's not just, oh, well, we're fangirling because, oh, Tom's so hot, and Loki's so hot, it is so much more than that. Um, so many people have uh, helped me heal from a lot of different things, um, and it's it's helped you heal and I know it's helped others heal and while there are, are a lot of complaints and bad things about the fandom um, people tend to overlook why they joined what's still good about it um, just cause uh, it is a mixed bag but uh, there are a lot of good things that come from it as well Yeah, um, I'm going to interject here uh, Hannah Huffy um, got a hold of us on our, on, uh, one of my Facebook posts that I did for Cheeky Geeky, um, and I'm just, I'm going to, I got permission to just read her whole story, um, and I'm going to do just that, because it's, it's very powerful. <clears throat> she says, Tom Hiddleston has in no small way changed my life. Don't look at that as a creepy stalker statement, it isn't. Let me explain. When I was 11, I was being seriously bullied. It got physical more often than not, and it was purely because I preferred reading and writing and studying to physical activity like soccer and softball, which all the other girls in my groups were doing. I was very depressed, then my friend told me to watch the Thor movies, and I saw someone who was like me, someone who valued intellectual power over physical strength, and I promised myself that if Loki could get through it, so could I. And I did. Tom has been such an inspiration and such a help to me. Now, nearly five years later, I wrote a poem about one of his characters, Captain Nichols in War Horse, and it has won me an award at a district competition. 
Tom Hiddleston is an amazing actor. He takes every role so seriously and puts his heart and soul into everything he does. I don't know if he's realized how many people he's affected or who he's helped, but he is a gentleman and a kind person. That's sadly a rarity nowadays, but he fills the role perfectly. That's wow, a lot that, of that power. Is, that is beautiful. Yes. And I, I think so many of us have that type of story. Yeah. Um, I mean, while I've talked in multiple places how <clears throat> Tom hooked me in with the Thor movie, just his acting ability, um, as far as the fandom, um, right beforehand, like a year beforehand, um, I was in a social group of, in a video game. Um, they were, you know, my best friends. I looked forward to talking to them every day, playing with them. Um, we were on a personal level where they had my phone number. I had theirs. Um, one of them I was willing to do a bone marrow transplant for because they needed it. So that level. And one day I come on and I find that all of them have blocked me from, uh, it was a voice chat, and, oh, well, we need a place away from you. Um, and it made me not want to make friends, not want to socialize. And I don't know why I took the dive with Tom. Maybe it was his confidence. Maybe it was because I wanted to discuss someone who had the talent to make me feel. But because of it, I met you. I've met others. Um, I I can actually socialize and want to make friends with similar interests, where at the time, and for a long time, I couldn't get over it, and thanks to a lot of uh, special people I have. Yeah. I joined the fandom in 2014. 13, 2013, um, I like to say it was later than that, but it really wasn't, <laughs> um, I, I always say it was 2015, I always say I joined the fandom after I watched Age of Ultron and then went back and rewatched Avengers, but it was actually a lot sooner than that. Because I've been following his career inadvertently and unbeknownst to me since pretty much the beginning. Because I grew up watching BBC. But I officially joined the fandom in 2013, uh, shortly after I got married. Because that's when my marriage started to fall apart. That's when I started figuring out that the man I married was an abuser, was, an, was a narcissist. And my life was literally falling apart around me and I couldn't do anything about it and here's this actor that kept showing up in all of the movies that I was watching because they're movies that I liked to watch and I started paying more and more attention to him and then um when Only Lovers Left Alive came out I was like okay, I guess I'm going to do this. <coughs> I can't say when it came out because I saw it. I didn't see it until a couple years after it came out. 
No. No, it's not when it came out. It came out in 2013, right? Yeah. I'm horrible with dates, so I can't Yeah, because it's, it's got Anton in it. Um, let me double check. <clears throat> anyway, when I saw Only Lovers Left Alive, it was before I saw Age of Ultron, and that was really when I silently joined the fandom. I didn't get active in the fandom until 2015. Um, that's when I started joining the groups on Facebook and actively following him and stuff like that. But I joined the fandom while my marriage was falling apart. And following him, watching his movies, it really kept me together. If I didn't have his career to follow, if I didn't have his example of what a gentleman, of what a man should be, I probably would never have gotten the courage and strength to leave my ex-husband, and I'd probably be dead by now, either by his hand or suicide. So that's what really drew me to the fandom was he, I, I mean, I don't know him in person. I don't know if that, if this is just the persona that he puts on stage as being the perfect male specimen in every way that we want. Um, not just looks, but in attitude and the way he acts and the way he treats women He's setting a great example for what women should look for in men. And that is what drew me to the fandom. That is what drew me to continue to follow him and admire him as an actor and as a human being. Yeah, I think a lot of us, while there's all Loki, 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 um, a lot of us, once we get past, oh, Loki's so hot, um, we come to appreciate, at, at least most of us, I, I would be confident in saying the talent that he has, that while one can argue he's been typecast as Loki, if you actually take a step back and look at his other works, that he can do a plethora of things from even up to voice acting yeah. um, and singing. I'm going to be straight up honest. I hated Loki at first. I was unimpressed. I uh, I love RDJ. Uh, me and my husband went to go see the Avengers. He did a competent job. He was good. I know people are like, oh my god, Loki Avengers. That's when I became a fan. And that's fine. I can respect that. But Thor which I got suckered into watching because my husband flat out told me we're watching Captain America or watching Thor. I am not seeing X-Men First Class again with you. It is every day with this movie. Um, and <clears throat> Avengers didn't need him to develop a character. Thor did it for them. Um, and Kenneth Branagh did a, did an amazing job with it. Um, no, I made it through the first Thor movie. Uh, my my reaction to Loki the first through four Thor movie is who the fuck is this greaseball and why does he think he's entitled to the fucking throne? <laughs> I actually fell asleep during 
the first Avengers movie because I went inside at midnight after a 12-hour shift. And then I just never bothered to see it again. I made it through Thor the Dark World. My reaction to Loki was, okay, he's a little better in this movie, but I, I, I mean, other than being cute, I really, I, I, it does not, he does nothing for me. And then I went and Age of Ultron came out. And when I was halfway through Age of Ultron, I realized I was missing a big chunk of the story. And I was like, oh, shit, I never finished the first Avengers movie. So after Age of Ultron, I went back and watched the first Avengers movie. And seeing Tom get to have fun with the Loki character, that's what did it for me. Because you don't get to see Loki being mischievous and just gritty in any other Thor movie except Avengers. He gets to be mischievous. He gets to be gritty. He gets to be that villain you love to love. You hate to love, I mean. You know, you don't get that in any other movie that Loki is in. And it was seeing Avengers for the second time that I finally jumped on board the Loki train because I worship the Norse god and I am very particular about how my deity is represented in pop culture because I have devoted my life to Loki the god. I, I feel like I'm doing a disservice if I just gravitate towards any depiction of him. So, my coming around to being a fan of Tom's Loki really was a journey for me. Especially since I grew up reading the Norse com the Marvel comics and loving Marvel comic Loki. It's, it's really interesting to watch my... my my turnaround from not liking Tom as Loki to loving Tom as Loki. I got a, I got an appreciation for him in Avengers after I saw Thor. Um, like, like what to, like what she said. I could get behind someone who um, focused more on brains than brute strength. Um, that that's kind of why I, uh, I like Scar, besides him being voiced by Jeremy Irons. Um, and when you get to, there, there are layers, and when you get to the deeper layers, and Tom has the ability, um, like Thomas Sharp as well, um, you get to see this person as a person versus, oh, well, it's just a character. Um, and it, it gets you invested. Yeah. And if you're not invested, then it's like, okay, I watched it. Um, it's like, okay, what did I watch? I don't really remember, and I don't care. Yeah. I, I mean, my journey of... I want to say almost begrudgingly following his early career. Because it got to a point where I'd see him in a film, I'd be like, oh my god, him again? I was like, is there anything he's not in? Can we get different actors? Like, there was a point in time where I really resented him being in the movies that I wanted to watch. 
And now I'm I'm sitting here like, okay, what's his next project? Ooh, that looks like something I'm gonna like. <laughs> it's just, it's really interesting to see how it's prog how I've progressed. And it's like an appreciation versus oh well he's there again to okay I've I've seen what he can do let's rewatch or give me more I think it's he finally I he finally managed to impress me enough that I was able to go back and actually pay attention to his style of acting to how he portrayed the characters and appreciate him more that way. Um, <clears throat> when, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit, when he was announced to be Hank Williams and I saw the light, I was absolutely petrified. I did not think there was any way in hell he would be able to pull it off. I think that's what most of us thought. Um, some of us were willing to give it a shot, and others still, even after, it's like, yeah, he's good. Seriously, go check it out. Um, just because, oh, well, he's British, he can't play an American, or, oh, he's some pretty actor, he can't sing. Um, and it just really shows his range. Yeah. Um, it's, I... I was petrified of seeing the movie because I had it in my head that I was not going to like it already before I even saw it. Watching the trailers, I was just like, eh, trailer doesn't really tell me how he's going to be. I, I drove two hours to see the movie, convinced that I was absolutely going to hate it. And I walked out, and that is now my favorite role that he has ever done. See, my favorite role is Crimson Peak. It's actually uh, one of my regrets that we did not get to do um, the Hiddleston review on it because of that. Uh, it's something that at first I heard, I thought, you know, I am not going to like this. I do not do horror. Um, I remember so many of us either A, went to go see Fifty Shades of Grey just to see this trailer, or like me, saw Bootleg on Tumblr. Um, and from that moment, that first trailer, I'm like, he's going to bang his sister. I <laughs> Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah. um, I also thought they were sacrificing, like, virgin wives to the house but um, I know people straight up would not see it because they were too terrified based on uh, based on the trailers and it's not a scary just, movie at all it's not it's a gothic romance yeah. which they tried to impede upon people but it's one of those that I want more I would sign me up for more <laughs> Um, I know that he's he's often a ghost now, spoilers, but uh, while I love Loki, I love him to death, I need Loki, I cannot wait for the TV show, I, I gotta go with Thomas. Yeah. Um, we're, we're getting off topic, we're supposed to be about 
talking about things that drew us into the fandom. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after the message. Messages. I don't know. As of right now, as of recording, we only have one sponsor. We might have more by the time I, I do this, by the time I, I get this episode ready for launch. So, yeah. Um, and and welcome back, everybody. Before we get into the next segment of discussion, we have both met Tom. And some of the people who have given feedback have met Tom. So, why don't you tell your me Tom meeting story. I'll go to social media, I'll read some of the feedback that we've gotten from the listeners, and then I'll share my Tom meeting story. Oh, how you didn't die? Okay. Hey, I'm very proud of myself. That is a lifetime accomplishment, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... I'm going to be honest, I didn't think I would ever meet Tom, and one of not only my friends, but another member of Team Aeon, uh, so, she already got to meet Tom, uh, I believe at that point, more than once, she knew I wanted to meet Tom, uh, she was going to Chicago uh, for Ace there, she basically invited me because he's like yeah i i want to meet tom again with you um so seriously shout outs to her hunt i love you butt always back to the butt um and i went to chicago with her and i have to say it was an experience on a number of levels uh, one was, of course, meeting Tom, where I, I actually got to meet him three times during the convention, um, cause we had two photo ops, and she was getting a signature, and the first time I was just overwhelmed that it was happening, cause it was the, uh, the duo with him and Chris, that it happened, and I'm like, you know, it happened, and I'm like, ah! And then I had time to process it, and then we were doing the solo pick with him, and and I know I'm going to get shit for this, but I did, at, we asked for a hug shot, he said yes, I forgot we were taking a picture, as did she, so, like, I, I, I don't even know the expression I have on my face, and then she's like, ah, and... And I, I did ask him for, you know, a legit hug, and I asked him, there was consent, and he hugged me. I know people have given me shit for, well, you shouldn't have asked him for a hug, but there is there is a whole, well, consent was given. Um, Tom is one of those people that has no shame in saying no if he doesn't want to give a hug. Exactly. Um and I was not pushy about it. He, he was fine. He was up to it. Um, the end of the day, because we had all our stuff at the end of the day, um, guy came out saying, you know, this is when he split his thumb open, okay? Um, and this was day two. And he had to come out and explain to people um, that Tom, 
mom would be appreciative if they did not if uh, they did not request him to inscribe this super long thing, which some people still did. Um, and that that was my whole experience. I have a video of the first time that I saw him on my YouTube channel. Um, as far as with the other fans, I got to meet um, Emma, who I've been a fan of her art for a long time. She apparently was a fan of my channel for a long time. Uh, we got to hug. She gives great hugs. We got to hang out. Um, and it reaffirmed that I should continue what I'm doing because at that time I was questioning, you know, should I continue? Um, I mean, I enjoy talking about Tom. I'm meeting Tom. Should that be the end of it? Because I've met Tom or uh, do people actually enjoy what I'm doing and should I continue? Um, Ace as a whole, the comic con kind of sucked. It was pretty much meeting Tom and that's it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it was very overwhelming. He he is amazing and gives great hugs and smells really nice. And now it's getting creepy. <laughs> Going to our social media, um, <clears throat> I'm not going to read everything that she wrote, but Elizabeth, Elizabeth Vance shared her meeting Tom experience. Uh, she met him at Ace Arizona 2018, and she says she made a complete fool of herself. Uh, her story goes, I was cosplaying as Disney Princess Loki and had everything I wanted to say ready. I was even reassuring my friends with me that everything would be fine and not to be nervous. <clears throat> After many apologies to people behind me for my long train being in their way, I was it was finally my turn for the photo op. I took a deep breath, stepped forward, and there was Mr. Hiddleston. He turned, smiled, looked, leaned back on his heels, and extended his arms that perfect British accent. He said, look at you, and my brain stopped. Completely derailed. Shit. I'm pretty sure I giggled stupidly and stumbled out a high before posing for the photo and walking off in a daze. I was royally embarrassed the rest of the weekend. Luckily, I was able to regain some of my dignity when I saw betrayal in London and in New York. I think I managed to get out more than a high and a girly giggle both times. Ashley Farron shares, <clears throat> I was so excited to get to see Tom live in Betrayal in New York City on my birthday weekend, <clears throat> and he was just as nice and amazing as his reputation made him out to be. He came out smiling and waving to the crowd and made sure to talk to everyone and sign every program, taking selfies with everyone who asked, even though the actors weren't supposed to do that. When he came to me, I looked. He looked right into my eyes, and his eyes were legit so blue and beautiful, I forgot everything in my head. I somehow managed to tell him that his performance was wonderful. He sincerely thanked me, and I couldn't look away from his face. <clears throat> um, so those are just uh, from what people um, sent to us. Um, and now I will pull up... I wrote down my experience when it happened... Because I didn't want to forget it. So here is here is mine. It's 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 long, but it it's very meaningful to me. <clears throat> so I when betrayal was announced in July, I June <coughs> June 
I immediately started making plans to go. There, there was no way I was missing out on this. It was the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I wasn't missing out on it. <clears throat> so, when I went to New York to see Tom Hiddleston in Betrayal, I was excited at just getting to see him perform. That alone was a dream come true. <clears throat> I did stage door after the play, and having, having gotten Charlie Cox to sign my copy of the Betrayal script, I decided I wanted to try and get all three actors to sign it. Getting Zowie Ashton's was easily... Once I had hers, my goal was nearly complete. With the help of others around me who were as interested to see me complete this nearly impossible feat as I was about actually succeeding, I managed to Tom to snag Tom's autograph as well. In my backpack, I had three letters, one from me, two from friends, all for Tom. I also had a bracelet I made by hand of Loki's staff that I wanted Tom to have. I wanted to present it in a way that would make him smile. <clears throat> A friend of mine had previously given him a low kitty, which is a cat version of a Loki plushie, for those of you who don't know. And I had a Jotun kitty, which is um, Loki's frost giant form in cat form. Uh, I had those in my bag. <clears throat> I knew he didn't have a Jotun kitty, so before I even left for the play, I tied the bracelet around the plushie's neck. I delivered the letters for sure, but I was only giving up the kitty with the bracelet if I could hand them to Tom in person. I knew the chances were slim, and as I worked my way out of the crowd, my anxiety was rising. Too many people, <clears throat> too much noise, I had a mission. Fuck my anxiety, this trip was about overcoming it. <clears throat> I pulled the kitty from my backpack as I put the script in, then I walked around to the other side and told the security guard what I wanted. Now, I'm going to pause here. For those of you who don't know, I have severe anxiety, and I always... I have always said in the past that I'm going to die when I meet Tom Hiddleston. That I will be the fan that ends up in the hospital having an active anxiety attack. So I'm very proud that that didn't happen. <clears throat> so anyway, the security guard helped me get to the barrier, then got the attention of Tom's handler for me. I told him what I wanted, and then he took the letters and the kitty from me, and he waved Tom older. over. Tom smiled, held up a finger, then took turns with those who had been there before me. As he turned to me, my new goal became one that involved not puking on him as I was starting to have an anxiety attack, and Tom will never know exactly how close he was to getting puked on. There was a, about a 99% chance of it happening. <clears throat> I managed to save the peacoat. Somehow I managed to tell him that the kitty was from Low Kitty's army and that the stuff around her neck had been made by me over the course of six hours. He smiled in recognition at the mention of Loki's army and fingered the staff quickly, telling me it was very well done. Then he asked for a pi then I asked for a picture, and he said, "Absolutely, if you turn around." And I will never forget the way his voice sounded when I when he said that. It, it echoes like ringing in my brain that I never want to end. <clears throat> so he did and snapped a selfie with him. He said something to me as he moved away. But I'm going to keep that private. Very few people know what he said. That's for me to know and the general public to never find out. Odugu knows, though. That's our little secret, huh? <laughs> um, he did seem impressed that I addressed him as Mr. Hiddleston, and he gave me a very big grin when I did. I could tell he was tired. It was, in his, it was on his face, in his eyes and voice. But I think he really appreciated being addressed with respect rather than being screamed at and people demanding his attention. The whole encounter only took about three minutes, but it was the highlight of my trip, and those are three minutes I will never forget. 
um, after I, I moved away, after my turn was done, um, I was honored to have gotten more than the standard 30 seconds that everybody else, that he seemed to be giving everybody else. I don't know for a fact if it was 30 minutes, if it was three minutes, but it was definitely longer than 30 seconds, and thir three minutes sounds like a good number for all that transpired, so just let me have my three minutes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> he even, during our encounter, he even brushed off the handler a couple times who was trying to get him to move on to the next person. I, I was speaking coherent sentences, but I sounded like William Shatner trying to get them out. So I think he he figured out that I was having some some speech problems. Um, <clears throat> meeting Tom was never a dream. It was never a goal. It was always just a fantasy, because I was terrified to be in his presence and never planned on meeting him. I never even really wanted to. But it is definitely an impulsive choice that I do not regret. I did cry. I cried all the way down to 67th Street and halfway back to 45th. Um, he'll never know how important it, his time was to me, and that's okay. He doesn't need to. All that matters is, you know, I know how important it was. So, that is my story of meeting the Hiddles. <clears throat> did Andrew, did the Odegu fall asleep? No, okay. the Otoku was thinking how jelly she was, that not only did she not get to see betrayal, not <laughs> only did she not get to see um, but she also didn't get to meet Miss Monet and subjugate her to delicious Brooklyn pizza. It'll happen. It'll happen. Um, I, while I was in New York, I did get to meet up with... Um, some friends uh, that I've met within the fandom. I spent the majority of my time in New York uh, with Coral. Um, she and I were originally supposed to go together, but that didn't work out. Uh, but we did spend um, every evening that I, every day that I was in New York, we did spend some time together. So um, I also met uh, Fiona, who helps who helps run uh, the Hiddlestoners Army. And I also met Maddie, who was a guest uh, a couple times on my old podcast, The Hiddleston Review. So, that was exciting. Um, so, now that we're done with that part, uh, the next point of discussion that we want to talk about, this is going to be a longer episode than um, the others, that's okay. Um, what of Tom's we can't stop watching and why? I think I already covered this earlier, and simply put, Crimson Peak, it's condensed, has a great, small cast, uh, fantastic story, made me go out and get the book, and then get the art book, and all that, um, great acting, and everybody, Tom, awesome, but literally everybody meshed so well, um, I can watch it anytime. Mine is, there's a couple of them that I watch on repeat. High Rise. Um, I read High Rise in high school. The easiest way to sum High Rise is Lord of the Flies, but we're dealing with adults. Um, 
I think the reason why I watch it so much is because the current state of the world is so close to imploding the way that the residents of that high-rise did. We are so close to seeing the events of high-rise happen globally. And it's, it's terrifying. But it's a fantastic film to watch with that in mind because you're watching Tom's character move through these events. He is trying to stay disconnected from them as much as possible, but he keeps getting pulled in. And that's exactly what happens with civilians when stuff like that happens around them. They try to keep out of it, but they keep getting sucked in. Whether it's they keep getting sucked into the fight or they keep getting sucked into the politics, somehow, some way, people get sucked in to these global problems. Um, another one that I watch on repeat is Crimson Peak, uh, for all the same reasons that you listed Odegu. Uh, the other one that I watch on repeat is Only Lovers Left Alive. That film is amazing. It's, it's got Hatilda Swinton. It's <coughs> got, uh, Anton, I can't pronounce his last name. He played Chekhov in the new Star Trek movies. Um, and it's got... <coughs> Oof, it's got John Hurt. The movie is, it's very slow-paced. It's very slice of life. Like, you're just, you're looking in at these two people's lives through a window. You feel like you can reach in and touch them and become part of the story, but you can't. And I love movies that make me feel like that. Because it makes me feel like I'm part of that world. And it really just pulls me out of reality. So those are the three films that I can't stop watching. I didn't know we were doing three. Well, that's, I only did three because I can't narrow it down to just one. Because those are literally... When, when I get into, my, into my, my kicks of watching Tom Hiddleston films, those are the three that are on repeat. <laughs> Well, it's okay, because I will get my revenge for your three answers with what can we only watch once and why? Oh, okay. What can you only watch once and why, Odegu? <clears throat> there are two. Okay. And you would think, oh, well, I'd want to watch them more. The first one is The Deep Blue Sea. Um... The one that's actually about Tom and not Shark. Yes, if, you, if you're looking for the film and it's got Samuel L. Jackson in it, that is the wrong movie. It is still a fantastic movie and I suggest you watch it, but it does not have Tom Hiddleston in it. I told Nova that I wanted to watch the movie and he went to, he went to this uh, DVD store, got it, came back, and I'm like, this is the wrong thing, but anyway... As far as why, it has, it is a tough watch. It is. Um, it is something I don't regret watching, but 
with him. But, I mean, and this is the thing, oh, well, he's hot. You know, that really doesn't do it for me. Um, it's his acting, and in this, it is just depressing. And similar to this uh, is War Horse, which I could not watch the whole movie. Um, it was that bad. <laughs> Like, not bad as in the movie's bad, bad as in emotional. Uh, while I love Tom, I love Ben, I love the story, it, it was too much emotionally for me to see it till the end. And I'm surprised I saw the deep blue sea to the end. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> deep blue sea is one that I, I, watch, I have watched more than once and I probably will continue to watch. I don't watch it as often. Because the subject matter is very heavy. Um, I do enjoy watching War Horse. It's one of my favorite war movies to watch. Because um, I love Benedict Cumberbatch in that film. And I'm, I'm very much Team Joey. <laughs> uh, for those uh -huh. of you who haven't seen it, Joey is the horse. <laughs> but um, the one that I can only watch once and why, it's a movie I haven't even seen. Early Man. Why? I do not like the animation style. I will say, I I can only watch that once, and I saw it in theaters. I own it, um, <laughs> just because I don't want to watch it. Um, I mean, it was good, but it was one of those. Okay, it was good. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't mind if I never saw it again type movies, which which aren't aren't common for Tom. I've seen The Pirate Fairy. I like his voice acting. Yeah. So it wasn't any issue with that. It's I don't more... even see. <coughs> I've listened to his voice tracks in Early Man. I didn't even really like his voice acting in that movie. Yeah, I just the, the all around between, between the lackluster voice acting and I don't like that style of animation. I have have no desire at all to see that movie. No desire at all. Um, when we were doing the Hiddleston review, I was actually dreading having to watch that movie for the podcast, and. As bad as this sounds, I'm actually glad the podcast ended before I had to watch the movie. Because yes. it's gotten to a point where I am proud of the fact that I have not seen Early Man yet. Yes, Crimson Peak. <laughs> oh, how, how, how I knew ye. See, I'm screwing up Shakespeare. So, yeah, those are... that. That's the one I can't watch. And I haven't even watched it once. <laughs> and and that's okay. You can be a fan of somebody and not see everything that they've been in. It is okay. Do not let anybody tell you that you are less of a fan because you have not seen every single work of an actor. Like going out <clears throat> and finding a VHS of a movie that I don't think's on DVD and watching it. For someone to play a background role for, like, less than ten seconds. And then not figure out where they are. But we're not talking about that, are we? No. What we do want to talk about, and we're all 
hyped for, especially after the Super Bowl, is the Loki TV show. Yes. Now, this was one of the little golden apples that were dangled in front of us as far as why you should subscribe to Disney+. Mm-hmm. Um, I am actually apprehensive of this uh, to a point. And that is because DC has kind of cornered the market on good uh, superhero TV shows. I'm not saying the Marvel ones weren't good. It's they didn't get me interested enough to watch them. And I fear that, oh, I'm going to watch it because it's Loki, but that's all I'm going to watch it for. So I do have my apprehension. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. I, I've had no interest in watching any of the Marvel TV series. I wasn't even interested in watching Daredevil until I saw Charlie Cox in Betrayal. <laughs> like, Daredevil is my next series to watch after Lucifer season five comes out, and um, the only reason I'm watching it is because Charlie Cox. <laughs> I won't even lie. You know, I think I had a chance to meet him at a convention, but at that point, I didn't know of him. Yeah. <clears throat> so, here is a question, because right now I believe they are shooting it, and Owen Wilson has signed on. What do you think he could possibly be playing? I think he's going to be a TVA worker. You know, I saw that, and I saw, you know, what it was meaning, and the only thing that popped into my head, and I'm probably going to do a meme for Hiddles Month for this, is uh, Rick and Morty, um, it's an end clip after the whole, uh, I'm from the fourth dimension time. Yes. And they're, they're kicking the crap out of Albert Einstein saying, you don't mess with time. Are you? And and I just think Loki's like, I will mess with time. Right. See, a lot of people think that he's wearing a prison uniform. He looks to me like he's wearing a polo shirt and is working for TVA. I think he has infiltrated TVA. I think he is Mr. I think he is the agent, Mr. Tesseract. And I think he has joined TVA so that he can cause mischief in the time streams without being detected. And everybody that I tell this to wants to fight me on it. And if I am right, it is going to be a whole lot of, boom, I told you so. And you know what? We will have it on recording so they can't be like, well, you're saying that now. No, no. She said it in Hiddles Month in 2020. I said it in, uh... Um, I don't know if I... You know what? She's cool with it. <laughs> I've said it in Midgardian Army, too. I have, I have replied to people posting in there that are, that are giving their things out, and I have, I have said it, so it is on record in, uh, Midgardian Army as well. So, I have been saying it from day one, 
And if I am correct, all of y'all, all of y'all need to send me cupcakes. <laughs> kind of like you know Thomas Sharp with Lucille. Yeah, I figured but, that know? out. I figured that out halfway through. <laughs> But so yeah, so I I am very very confident that I am correct. I I am ninety nine percent sure that I am correct. Now here's the thing, though. In the future, when you're correct <laughs> after Loki, what do you want to see from Tom? Well, there is, he's signed on to do that Netflix show, White Stork. Is that what it's called? I have no idea. I haven't looked into it yet. I, I need to for a, for a Hiddlesdag video, but I, I, I can't. I'm not yeah, let me, let Sorry. me, let me IMDB, let me IMDB this because it is updated on his IMDB page. But it's a, it's another it it's a spy type I know it's a spy a spy type series uh, that Netflix is doing. Um, Netflix has strayed away from the one season series, so I'm thinking that this is gonna be a multi a multi season show that Tom is going to do. Uh, we won't find out until probably four days after it's available to stream. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's just, that's, that's my assumption. Yes, it's called White Stork. He's playing a character called James Cooper. Um, an aspiring politician tries to keep his past a secret before he runs for seat in Parliament. So it's not I a don't know really what to make of So that. it's not a spy type thing like all of the the geek uh, news channels are saying it's a spy type thing. No, it's not. It's a political thriller. Is what it looks like to me. Which is fine. I like political thrillers. Um they say uh, he's running for a seat in parliament. So, I'm a little nervous that we're not going to get this in the United States. Oh, see, they, they'd, be, uh, they'd be actually killing their profits with that. They would. But, yeah, it's a very real concern that we're not going to get this in the United States. Although, a lot of the good Netflix original stuff coming out is from other countries. And I think they finally realize that. I think that's why we've gotten shows like Ragnarok. Um, because... Um, I haven't seen And that. why we've got... We, we get all of these Bollywood movies. Why we get all of these uh, movies from Korea. It's because... The content coming in from the other countries is better than what America is putting out. So, I... I think my fears are going to be unfounded, 
But I, I still hold that fear that we're not going to get White Stork, at least not right away. Well, you know people are going to flood the groups. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see what's going on with um, The Night Manager Season 2. Um, Tom has conferred, confirmed on multiple occasions that it is something that is still in the works. But at this point, I'm, I'm wondering if it's been shelved. Because we haven't heard anything about Night Manager since he was in Tokyo? No. Shanghai. Where was he in June? Yeah, there was... There were rumors that, uh... That he was actually, uh, helping write it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would definitely be interested to see him in, in behind-the-scenes work. Um... I'd like to see what he could do as a director. I'd like to see what he could do as a writer. He's he's very eloquent. He's classically trained, and he has studied. He ha, he has a double master's in classic literature. I would love to see what he could do if he were to write a book, or if he were to write a screenplay. I would love to see what he could do with that. See, I I keep saying this, and I know I'm beating a dead horse. Voice acting. I love voice actors. I would, I would like to see him do some more voice acting, yes. Um, he's going to be doing uh, one episode of uh, Marvel's What If for Disney+. Plus. Yes, that pleases me. Um, but it's so different from, like, being in front of the camera is different than being on stage, which is different than um, yeah. only having your voice to act <clears throat> with. Yeah. Oh, I get that because I, I do voice acting with this podcast. <laughs> exactly. I would also like to see him on stage, but I can't have nice things. Yeah. I would like to see him do more televised stage performances. Seeing him on stage, that is 100% where he belongs. You know, and if they do release it, they release it like the Benedict Cumberbatch is Hamlet versus Coralitis that I would have had to take a two-hour drive to see. Yeah. Um, I, the Jamie Lloyd company is very aware of how popular Betrayal is. They are very aware of how many people wanted to see it on film. I would not be surprised if in the future, Jamie Lloyd, Zowie Ashton, Charlie Cox, and Tom Hiddleston came together to bring us a filmed version. It would not surprise me in the least. because Especially since here we are, it is three months since the absolute final performance and people are still on Twitter hashtagging um DMing directly messaging J the Jamie Lloyd company asking wondering expressing their interest in having a filmed version yeah and usually when stuff is over people easily forget Nobody has forgotten Betrayal. And honestly, I don't think anybody should forget Betrayal. 
I've seen his, I've seen televised stage works. I, I, I saw Coriolanus. I, I've seen him, you know, I, I've seen him do stuff on stage. I've seen him, <clears throat> I mean, obviously on video. I've seen him in person do betrayal. I've seen his work on fi on film, on, on on movies, on TV. I've seen his voice acting. Of everything that I have seen, betrayal is hands down the best thing that he has ever put out into the world. And it it almost does a disservice to not have it on film somewhere. Because those 90 minutes of seeing him on stage were the best 90 minutes of acting that I have ever seen from any one singular person. And I do, I, I go to a lot of theater. I go to a lot of uh, high school theater. I go to a lot of, um, I see a lot of community theater. And I see the traveling Broadway troops when they come through. I'm a huge film buff. I'm a huge TV fan. I know good acting. And I was, I went in with high expectations and he surpassed even my highest expectations. All three of them did. I did not expect Betrayal to be as good as it was. And I, even if I can't see it on stage, I want him to do more stage work because that is obviously the facet of acting that he is most passionate about and that is obviously the facet of acting where he, his talent shines the most. Um, I completely agree with you. Uh, from the little bits that I've seen of him on stage through uh, memes, um, it I love seeing passion, and while I saw passion with him and Loki, uh, as far as the end of Thor, which drew me to him, he seems to have so much passion when he's on stage, when he talks about Shakespeare, when he talks about that life. Um, so I completely agree that it's like, even though I wasn't there, I could definitely see that as uh, factual. Yeah, it's... It's a completely different experience to watch him on stage. You can see that that is what he absolutely loves to be doing. And it but further... It, it's tell. Time will tell. But if, after seeing him on Betrayal further cements my belief that he did not want to become the big movie star that he is. Yeah, and I mean, him taking a step back may have allowed him to basically readjust to not having to go 1,000 miles into a brick wall because it's expected of him, and more possibly, okay, Tom, what do you expect of yourself? Yeah. What do you want to do, not what everybody else wants you to do? Kind of yeah. like the whole Bond thing, you know? I, I, I don't want to see him as Bond. He's, he, he did Bond in The Night Manager. We, we don't yeah. need to see it again. A Bond villain? Now that I would be willing to pay money to see. See, if he get cast as a Bond villain up until the movie comes <clears throat> out or 
information comes out, all they're going to be like, oh my God, God, Tom's playing Bond, Tom's playing Bond. Da da da. Yeah. I, I think he would be better off as a Bond villain, though. I, I really do. <clears throat> because that's a role. A Bond villain is drastically different from Loki. We haven't seen him play a Bond-type villain before. And I I think if he if he is going to have any involvement in Bond, I think that's that's what they need to look at casting him as, is, is the villain. They kind of, and we as a fandom kind of, you know, sunk the boat, set it on fire a bit, sunk yeah. it again, beat the dead horse. Gone with the wind, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be cast as Bond. I don't think he's going to be considered. Um, I know he did sit down with a producer at one point in time. And I know that producer said that he wasn't what they were looking for in not so many nice words uh, that don't need to be repeated. Um, though I, you know, I, I mean, the producer in a nutshell said that Tom was basically too cocky for the role, but if you look at the time frame of when that conversation happened, it happened when he was still riding extremely high on Loki's success. And that's enough to make anybody even remotely cocky. So, I mean... So, yeah. Yeah. about <laughs> everything, hon. Lay them on me. <sighs> I'm, I might as well announce it now. I'm... I, I'm not leaving, but I am taking... Stepping outside of the fandom, and I will be watching through a window. Um, that being said, Tom is still going to be my favorite actor. I'm still going to follow his career. I am still going to religiously watch his projects that I'm interested in. That will never change. Um, Inside you. Yes, I know. You're going to send me all kinds of pornographic memes. <sighs> um, that being said, um, my final thoughts are I feel so honored to be living in a time where I can experience Tom and his career as it's happening. Because 50, 60, 100 years from now, people are going to look back at Tom Hiddleston the way they do Clark Gable or Bing Crosby. And I feel honored that when my grandchildren are, are sitting there talking about these old movies that they saw with this, this actor who isn't alive anymore, I can sit there and I can say... I got to see him on stage. I got to see him from the start of his career all the way to the end of his career. And I feel honored to be able to have that opportunity. 
because I would love to have been able to do that with like Shirley Temple or, or Judy, Judy Garland. And to be able to experience Tom's career from start to finish, uh, see all the ups and downs of his career, it feels amazing. And I'm not just saying that as a fan. I'm saying that as a film connoisseur. As somebody who is extremely passionate about film and theater and TV. It is a very exciting thing to get to do because whatever project he takes on, he dominates. And you you don't get that from actors very often. Usually an actor finds one thing and that's what they do. They'll dabble in other things, but they always go back to that one thing. He does he he dominates the stage when he's doing theater work. He dominates TV when he's doing TV. He dominates cinema when he's doing movies. He is he's a triple threat for acting and it is just exciting to get to experience. As far as my final thoughts on everything, um, I often look back on things that I currently or in the past fangirled over and take an inventory, and Tom is one of those that I am happy that I have invested time into both in the fandom and in his work itself. I really want to see what he does next. Uh, while I love Loki, I want to see other things that aren't Loki with him. Um, and as far as fandom's concerned, while there is uh, a lot of bad, I still enjoy the parts that, uh, parts that I'm involved with for their good. Um, and I think that uh, we all need to focus on what made us fans versus what makes us turn away, which is Tom and his talent and his ability, even if we're enjoying it uh, by ourselves or in a small group or in a huge-ass fandom. Yeah. Uh, going going back backtracking to what you said, um, I'm I'm excited about what's going on with Loki as a character. I'm excited that we're getting more Loki content, but to be honest, I'm exhausted of Loki. I'm I'm tired of seeing Loki. Loki doesn't need to be everywhere. Loki is the Loki most. Sells, honey. I understand that Loki sells, and I understand that Disney. And Marvel are riding the cash cow that is Loki. But eventually we're going to get Loki fatigue. And it's... I don't think it's going to be good. <laughs> well, I mean, most of us are getting fatigued from all the Marvel movies. I mean, yeah, I'm curious. And I want to see some of them. But I'm not going to go see all of them. Because, oh, they're Marvel and they're superhero movies. So they're already doing that. Uh, which is why I think some of it's being brought to Disney Plus as just TV shows. Yeah. I like the fact that they're bringing out the more obscure superheroes. But I'm, like I said, I, I'm excited for the show. 
I'm excited to see what direction they take Loki. I'm excited to see what they have in store for the character. But... When, spoiler alert, Loki died in Infinity War, I was really kind of just hoping that he'd stay dead. Well, you know, they, they can't let their golden cow die. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my final, final thought. So, um, since it's Tittles Month, I'll let you plug your stuff first. I'm scared. <laughs> well, this has been Odie with, of course, Team Aeon. Um, and to plug myself, as it were, um, we are releasing a number of things, including fan fiction on Tom Hiddleston's fan um, there are already three fan fictions that were posted just this month. Um, you can follow us on Team Aeon or at Team Aeon on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, we have a uh, YouTube channel that's also called Team Aeon. It has a ton of Tom videos. We are going through re-releasing them. And we are Team Aeon on Twitch. In case I stream and y'all want to talk to me about Tom's butt, because trust me, you wouldn't think that uh, that a live stream would talk about Tom's butt, but trust me, I deliver. <laughs> when uh, when are you putting the dysfunction of Evan up on Tom Hiddleston fanfiction? I need to talk to you about that. Oh, okay. Um, but I was thinking of putting a few chapters up each day because there's like 71 of them. There are 71 of them. How that is happening. Uh, why don't you, you post the first three chapters, give them a good teasing taste, and then uh, a link that says you can read the rest here. Ooh, so whole chapters, and then uh, after chapter three, it's like, nope, you want the whole ass. Why am I keep saying that? <laughs> check out. Just check out the whole thing. The whole sausage. Right. It, it is a trilogy. So, I mean, it's it's there. Which This is a great lead-in for, for me to plug myself. Um, exactly. I, I am Monet DeLuve. I am an author on Wattpad.com. You can find me. On Wattpad.com, just search Monet DeLuve. Ah, same for Facebook. Um, you can find the podcast on Patreon, on um, Twitter and Facebook. I will link all of those. Um, and uh, you'll find all of those linked on the About episode. Um, and definitely come back. Um... We have a bonus episode releasing on February 29th. We are interviewing Jennifer Mine King, the the author of Loki of Midgard. It is a trilogy. No, she said it was a uh, five book series in the interview. We already interviewed her. Um, Wait, this is a leap year? Yes, this is a leap year. Anyway, it's so. Loki's year. Yeah, so definitely check. Uh, <clears throat> 
check that out. Um, you can buy her book on Amazon. Check out the interview. Again, that will be releasing on February 29th. She will be at Ace Boston Comic Con as a vendor. So if you're going to Ace Boston, definitely stop by, say hi, let her know that you heard about her from the podcast. She'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, buy her book. Buy her merchandise. <laughs> Um, so that, she's, her bonus episode is technically the next episode, but the next official episode for March is Marvel vs. DC. And we're, we'll touch a bit on the comics and the TV shows, but we're mostly going to focus on the movie universes for, uh, both Marvel and DC. Um, and for better or worse, crossover. We we will touch up on the crossover on crossovers as well. So definitely, if you have thoughts on the Marvel DC rivalry, let us know on our socials. Uh, if you have any feedback from this episode, let us know on our socials. We love your feedback. And, you know, like we said on socials, as proved in this episode, if you, if you put it out there, you might end up on the podcast. Um, we gonna find you. Oh, yeah. Don't scare them, Odegu. So, yeah, I have nothing else to add, do you? Just to enjoy your fandom and your little hiddlies. Yes, I hope you guys enjoy Hiddles Month. Um, you know what, since we're filming this on Tom's birthday, I, I know this isn't releasing in, you know, in, until after his birthday, but, but let's just take a second to say happy birthday, Tom Hiddleston. Happy birthday, Mr. Tom. <laughs> Alright, have a great night, day, morning, evening, whatever it is for you when you are listening. We hope to hear from you on our socials. Bye. Bye.